Hello, my name is Will Appleyard. I'm uh, here with uh, Ian and Gemma uh, for the Big Scuba Podcast, um, broadcasting from my camper van somewhere in deepest southern Spain. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Big Scuba. This is Ian and also with me is... Gemma in Peakfield. Yes, well done. Uh, so yes, welcome back. This is episode 44, Gemma. It is. Um, do you know what? Actually, uh, there's not that much really going on with the number 44, but I will tell you this, if you are into bingo, uh, 44, all the fours, droopy jaws. There we go. So... Uh, that's what they would say if we are playing bingo. Or had creepy draws. <laughs> Let's move on very swiftly from that one. It's a family show, Jen. Right. Okay. So this episode is regarding uh, Will Appleyard. Now, Will has brought our book out, which is coming out tomorrow, I do believe. Yeah, November the 25th. Yeah, we did mention it very briefly on the last episode. If you were listening and paying attention to the last episode, number 43, that was with? Man's Trust. Well done. So we mentioned in the last episode that we were uh, going to be uh, talking to Will and also that we would be uh, chatting about his uh, forthcoming book, which is due out tomorrow, Gemma. Did you know? Yeah, wild and temperate seas. Yeah, and uh, we uh, have got one with us, haven't we? And we've been going through that and having a look. And uh, it is a really good read. It's a really good, in fact, it's more than just a book. It's actually a manual, a diving manual. Yes, it's about 50 top dive sites around England's coastline. So if you are, let's say, interested in going to dive the m2 and you don't know that area you know how deep is it all those yeah. sort of facts it's yeah. actually told by someone who knows the area has dived it knows what's involved right from turning up in your car or on your horse or wherever you want to be maybe on a horse and cart who knows these days <laughs> okay right. we're in a green world anything's possible but basically you turn up everything is in that book that you'd want Exactly, and it tells you all about the best time to dive, whether, you know, what's slack, whether it's, you know, minus four hours, where the depth as well. So it's all yeah. good. So if, depending whether you're advanced or a new diver, it gives you an idea of the depth um, of the wreck or, yeah. Well, and especially for, uh, you know, the new divers and young divers, that if you're not sure, you know, and um, that's right for the, the salty sea doggy, uh, tech divers who have done like thousands of dives you know not going to be too worried but you know if you're new to the area and you're maybe new to diving this could be a really good book because you're going to be you know it's going to tell you exactly what's what what you need uh, how deep when to dive it and it's a good time to go you know and uh, yeah you can basically buy the book and uh, go some, with some people and have some fun yeah, exactly. I'm just looking at one now, <laughs> but that's a depth of one to ten meters. So, it's, it? yeah. So there's no currents to worry about here, but there's lots of slippery rocks to walk over on a low spring yeah. tide. So you could basically do that as a snorkel, couldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, loads of life to see as well. And what more do you want? Exactly. So, yeah. So it's a really good little book just to have a yeah look at and yeah sort of dip yeah. in if you're travelling around the UK. 
yeah it's not always about the depths and uh, those sort of things but you know you can just turn up have a nice afternoon and uh you know have a swim around and see what life there is see the crab see the lobsters yeah. maybe you see a seal who knows and it's not just the narrative there's some amazing photos in the book there is Lots a lot of photos, photos in there yeah. of course it's not just made by will will's got some some of his friends involved in this book hasn't he, he? has yes yeah yeah so um they are kirsty andrews dan bolt jason brown jake davies alex gibson stuart philpott and elaine whiteford yeah so, and uh elaine elaine whiteford a um whiteford a uh lycia of the photographic society she is a big fan of st abs where we went in september yeah it was and brilliant diving if you haven't been to st abs yet put that on your list maybe for next year because um it's a stunning place yeah in fact what was that one that we had the um just trying to think of what we had the soup that we had there was really um, nice. um smoked haddock chowder oh yes so if you're going to st abs you've got to have the have that that was that was awesome that was i enjoyed that yeah yeah but the diving is good as well you've got to go for the diving uh cathedral rock is really good and uh, you know all these things are all in the book uh st abs torbay scapa flow us on there you know uh port Caris, uh lundy island Mm -hmm. you know, all mentioned and also wrecks uh, reefs caves where to get seals yep you know, so what more do you want lots to whet your appetite there certainly is Jim. there certainly is let's face it there's a lot to see in the uk we are blessed yeah certainly lots of variety lots of life and yeah diverse way of diving but uh yeah so there we go there's the book so before you all switch off got a must listen to the end of this episode because there's important news about who's coming on next on episode 45 yeah and some discount deals as well discount blimey what are you even paying people to listen to us now <laughs> listen to the end and yeah listen to what we've got to offer that'll probably do with us running on should we uh, sit back and uh, have a listen to and chat to will Yes, yeah, so Will is talking to us from his camper van in southern Spain. I've never lost myself Hello. Hello. Will Appleyard, welcome to the Big Scuba podcast. It's Thank you for having me. Very nice to meet you, and you're actually in Spain at the moment. <laughs> I am, and as I mentioned a moment ago, um, apologise if, if there's any background noise because I'm sat in my van outside a bar, but uh, it's. Uh, Great to be here and thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no, no, it's really nice to meet you. So, so Will, uh, tell us about you. You know, tell us about you know what you've been up to, and uh, for those who don't know who you are, who are you, Will? I um well, my name's Will Appleyard. Um, I guess I'm several things really. Currently stuck in Spain, um, but I guess I could leave if I want to. Um, but I'm uh, an author of three uh, diving books. Um. Well, the third one is about to happen. It's um, yeah. coming out in November, as you know. And um, I guess that's why I, I was kindly invited on. Um, but I also write for quite a lot of um, diving and adventure magazines and um, provide the accompanying photography as well. So I guess you could call me a writer and a photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's your kind of uh, career, is it? That's the way you... 
Well, I, I, I guess I'd like it to be a full-time career, but um, you can't really live off of these things. So I've got a bit, one or two other avenues of, of uh, income that, um, that keep, you know, keep me doing these things. But it's having sort of worked with magazines, I guess, for, I don't know, um, on and off maybe for about 10 years, I guess. The more you do, the more you get invited to sort of nicer places. So mm. it's quite a good way of getting to places for free. And then yeah. in return, you know, um, I, I provide the uh, articles and photography and things. But um, it, it, it pays a little bit. But uh, yeah, you couldn't really live off it. <laughs> Yeah, it must be great. Yeah, seeing all these places. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really. Um, this this year's obviously been a bit of an odd year for everyone. Um, I was meant to be. I was two days away from going to Jordan on a press trip um, for a magazine uh, about mid March, and obviously that got cancelled. Um, we were then meant to go to South Africa for the sardine run, which mm. got canned as well. And then um, also on the cards was Costa Rica, but you know. I guess this this year's kind of written off uh, as far as that kind of travel is concerned and yeah. I can do next year instead so it's all good. Yeah, well next year is another start isn't it? So yeah, hopefully yeah. It'll be better. So you uh, you didn't have to come home then, come back to the UK. Well, I sort of um I did it the other way round when the whole lockdown thing was um a, you know on the cards mid-March, I actually disappeared to Spain. Um and it was a bit weird because the plane was sort of half full. Um, with, I guess, mostly Spanish people um, looking kind of petrified. And then me sat there with my beer um, going to Seville when, you know, Spain was in total lockdown at the time. And I remember the um, this air steward coming over to me uh, with a bit of a, a nosy look on his face midway through the flight saying, um, excuse me, but um, can I ask, why are you going to Spain? Uh, so I said, well, you know, why not? I'm going on holiday. But no, I came here for the better weather, really. And um, I've got a bigger space to be locked down in um, than I do back in Brighton, where I usually live. So uh, yeah. that's kind of why I end up here, really. Um, yeah. but I did I did go back um, a little while ago um, to get my diving gear um, because I didn't have that. So I have been back since briefly just to snatch that and bring it back to Spain. Yeah. So hopefully there'll be some diving trips on the cards uh, soon. Yeah. yeah. Talking of diving, how did you get into the whole scuba diving arena? Uh, I guess, do you know, I think it might be about 20 years ago this, this year. Um, I remember going on holiday to Greece uh, with a girlfriend at the time and they, um, we got involved in one of these sort of tri-dive type things. Um, so we did one and um, I just fell in love with it straight away. And then I wanted to do another one. So I sort of um, selfishly spent um, the remain, remaining holiday money uh, on a second try dive. Um, and the girlfriend, yeah, she was kind of into it, but I, I'd really fallen in love with it straight away. And when we got back to the UK, I kindly bought us both um, uh, open water courses for Christmas. So essentially, I guess I just bought myself a present for Christmas. <laughs> and yeah, that was about 20 years ago. And um and then it kind of took off from there, really, and went straight from that um, over to Thailand and did a liverboard and did the advanced paddy course there. And then it's just, I would just dive anywhere after that, you know, from muddy puddles to, to whatever. So, um, yeah, seems a long time ago now. 
So what level did you get to? Um, well, I've got a string of the usual kind of, um, you know, recreational um, diving qualifications through different agencies. But a couple of years ago, I did um, uh, the beginning stages of a commercial diving course, which okay. is HSC Part 4 Media yeah. Diver course. So if, for example, I wanted to um, or could get any work with, say, you know, company. Uh, um, let's say BBC for argument's sake, to work as a I don't know cameraman or, or a um, uh, a safety diver, or in any kind of diving capacity with an organisation like that, you have to have the HSC Part Four. So during that course, you learn how to use the full face mask with all the different various communications. You build um, a lighting platform underwater. Um, we did some um, wreck surveys in Portland Harbour. Um, we did some solo diving in uh, Chepstow. Um, it's, it was a two-week course, but it was, yeah, it's fabulous. Quite a lot of theory involved as well, and a couple of exams at the end. But, yeah, fabulous, fabulous thing to have been able to do, actually. So, but, um, yeah, we'll see. The, the BBC haven't rung me up yet. I'm still waiting for them to call. Um, but uh, maybe they will one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have to renew that every year? Um, no, you don't, but you do have to have a medical every year um, mm -hmm. as part of that. And then I think every two years you have to renew your first aid um, training as well. So you do a kind of a two day first aid course um, as part of that, which you which you have to have, which was great as well, actually. Um, I think everyone should do that. I, I really I really learned a lot from it. So, uh, yeah. So as far as the, the diving is concerned, it's probably good to kind of try that gear out every so often just to stay current but um the course is you know that's done so i have the ticket for that yeah no that's really good yeah what's, yeah. Next? what's next well um got this book coming out on the 25th of november which i'm excited about um so uh, but diving wise i think we might pop over to gran canaria because it's you know part of um spain so we can yeah. you know, get there quite easily uh, maybe do a bit of that but um, I've been spending my time just hanging out in the country here really and um, I also paraglide so I've been doing a bit of that um, in Spain which uh, is one of my other interests yeah pictures um, but, look amazing. Uh, yeah the book yeah it's great I've been doing that for about five years it's um I started that in the UK as well actually but um, really only only fly in Spain now so yeah yeah so with the books obviously you've got two books out um Discover UK Diving and Dorset Dives and then you've got Wild and Temperate Seas coming out so what started you on the writing journey and putting a book out there um yeah good question I can't really remember what kind of kicked off Dorset Dives that came sorry um uh, Discover UK Diving because that was the first one it came out about um I guess it's, it must be about 11 years ago. And thankfully it's out of print um, because, you know, I look back at my work that's 11 years old and uh, I, I like to think I've improved substantially since then. But I guess that came from during, in those days when I was, um, I'd been diving in the UK for a few years and I didn't, there wasn't anything that really kind of grabbed my interest book wise. And I felt that perhaps I should create something for people that want to get into UK diving to sort of see how, you know, how, how fascinating it, it can be. So, yes. so that happened. Um, and it, 
did quite well um but yeah it's quite it's it's a bit ancient now and it, it it's out of print so maybe one day i'll revise it i don't know and then dorset dives happened about five years after that um and again i decided that perhaps the diving world needed something with a fresh contemporary look um, mm. because there weren't really many well maybe i think there's one die a dorset dive guide at the time but it um yeah i felt it was the right time to produce something and it it kind of it is ticked over ever since really again you can't live off these things they're a bit of a labor of love and they probably end up costing you more money than uh <laughs> than you make i mean you kind of must get put a lot of hours into it as well yeah i mean with that book um i'd ha- i had done some of the dives already um but we had to do i did it with um a, you know a, a group of friends that sort of helped you know with models and things like that yeah. uh, and i was down in dorset for an entire summer pretty much every weekend um diving so it was um it was quite challenging because you know what it's like with uk diving you can do kind of sometimes like five dives and two of them will be great and then three might be blown out or the visibility might not be that good or so yeah we spent a lot of time on that um and uh but yeah i was quite pleased with it but again you know I look back at it and I think, ah, oh, when I opened the pages, I think, oh, perhaps I wouldn't have done this if I did it now. Perhaps I would have changed that. But that's just progression, isn't it, really? So I think that's quite that's healthy. Have that, isn't it? Progression and look back and see where, you know, how you've self-improved. And, mm. uh, you know, we, we see it with what we do as well, you know, and uh, you kind of hope that we have progressed as we, as we started. <laughs> and, sure. um, uh, and it's good to have. I think it's a natural thing. Yeah, you learn, don't you? And um, yeah, you start yeah. off, uh, and it, it, looking down one road, if you like, and then realise that there's other other places you can explore and things develop. So it's um, yeah, it's a healthy, healthy thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So with the third book, uh, Wild and Temperate Seas, when did you decide to write that? Was it pre-COVID or? Well, it was during actually. Mm. Um, during COVID, I wrote a couple of articles for Diver Magazine. Um, Britain's best-selling diving magazine, may I add, um, and that I, I didn't really have any new material, but I came up with the idea of sort of loosely interviewing a few um, potentially well-known divers and some, you know, not known, just advocates of UK diving, mm. and put together a piece based on other people's experiences and you know championing um, UK diving. Yeah. So I wrote two of those during um the lockdown and they seem to be received quite well and then um my new uh publisher um alex from dived up publications contacted me and he said you know why don't you consider uh, a third uk diving book but along the same line so Mm. this one this new book is um certainly quite well polished i like to think in comparison to the other two and um so it's a collaborative effort with i think six six other um photographers um and so i sort of drew all that together so we've got for example jason brown's written a fabulous section about diving in scapa flow he's um uh, you know quite a a well-known accomplished rec photographer um and we've got uh kirsty andrews who's covered some scottish um dive sites and 
she where else did she do i can't flipping remember now um farn islands right. and mull i think and then a chap called dan bolt uh who i've whose work i've admired on instagram for a while he's got yeah. some fabulous um photos taken down in um uh in in devon Mm. And so, yeah, it's a collaborative effort and it kind of was born out of these sort of diver mag type uh, pieces. And um, I think it works quite well. And we all work together well as well, actually. And they were all kind of really keen to be on board. And um, we got it together reasonably quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, dived up publications have been brilliant. They, um, they're very meticulous and um, they definitely went sort of above and beyond to make this thing really really look great so i can't wait to see it in print yeah no we're looking forward to seeing it because it's obviously so timely because everybody's like uk diving because that option yeah. to travel easily now exactly and, uh, that was kind of an idea as well you know let's get it out now because people are mm. doing that so let's showcase it yeah yeah a bit the same next year i can't see things changing uh unless there's some type of vaccine and that on the uh horizon I, that'd be next year we'll be concentrating on uk diving again on yeah sure. maybe and uh, you know we've sort of loosely talked about doing a a follow-up addition to it um that could be on the cards and i've got a few ideas about perhaps putting another personal uh sort of book together because over the last couple of years i've been quite lucky to travel quite a lot with diving and so i've got some quite a few sort of varied experiences that I could perhaps put together in, um, yeah. in a book uh, that might you be... You cover the East Coast? Say again. You cover the East Coast? Well, um, in this particular book, we, we've got... Um, apologies for that lorry just going past. As I said, I am in my van. Um, we, we've got St Abs in there, mm-hmm. um, but we haven't gone any further south on the East Coast. Now, you, you guys are based in Norfolk, aren't you? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and perhaps um, should there be a follow up, then we, we'll try and kind of get down there because I've done a little bit of diving out of Norfolk. Uh, in fact, my my dad um, and his wife live there. They live in Cromer. So maybe. Wow. Not. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, brilliant I, place to kayak and also brilliant place to dive as well. All the way along there, some really great places. And you've got the um, uh, chalk grease. That's or, right. Sheringham Shoal. That's it? Yeah, yeah I've, I heard that. I, I really want to get there, actually. Um, the, the only the little bit of diving I did was, um, I think it was out of um, Weybourne. There's a wreck off the beach. Crazily. Yeah. That's it. And it was great. Um, I had a, the visibility was brilliant. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but does it need to, you need a good bit of weather beforehand, don't you? And is it, yeah. is it a bit hit and miss diving there? Apologies can if I've got be, that wrong. Yeah, but. can be. The, the window is really the summertime by the sort of, this by about now, it's sort of the, you're losing the visibility. Right, that's the trouble. So yeah, um, yeah. We've I've dived it once, and that was my first sea dive. And it was, yeah, yeah. And it oh, was just, great. yeah, it was amazing. It was like a couple of days after I qualified. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. It drops off really quickly, there, doesn't it? As soon as you sort of step off the um, the stony beach, it's sort yeah. of five meters deep straight away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's quite a challenge getting in and out and walking to where you need to get in. <laughs> yeah, well, if you, um, uh, Chessel Co, I don't know if you've been down to Chessel Beach, have you? Chessel Co, that's a bit like that. Yeah, that's uh, that give you a workout walking up that beach for sure. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so I must um, come and explore some more diving uh, in your neck of the woods, perhaps next year. Yeah, some good diving off the East Coast, so uh, definitely, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, definitely summertime is the time to do it, yeah. yeah. So with your UK diving, does it just cover uh, the sea or do you look at inland dive sites as well? With this new book? Mm. Um, no, it's, it's, solely, it's, um, it's only co coastal diving. Um, at the beginning we thought about perhaps putting in um, quarries, but I just like the, the title Wild and Temperate Seas. Yeah. Um, so I didn't quite fit, but maybe we could do a separate thing called Wild and Temperate Quarries. <laughs> <laughs> Where did the title... Wild Quarries. <laughs> Not sure about wild. <laughs> Just quarries then. <laughs> yeah. Where, quarries. Where did the title come from? Um, it might have been something that ended up in one of the Diver, Diver mag magazine pieces, actually. But I just kind of liked the ring to it. And, you know, they are... Um, it, it, they are wild places, these dive sites that we have. And yeah. um, I, I just wanted to kind of communicate that really. And, um, you know, we've, we've got some really adventurous places to explore all around our coastline. So, yeah, I think the title fits. And then we, we decided mm. on a number of um, dive sites to go in there and chose, chose 50. So the, sub, the subtitle is um, 50 Favourite UK Dives. So it's the favourites of those that have contributed to the book of course so um and there's some there's some sort of unlikely ones in there as well actually we've got a chap called jake davis who's a, a welsh um, marine biologist and he's um covered some of his favorite spots on the um uh, lynn peninsula i've got the uh, my notes in front of me and you know some lot of, some really cool kind of shore dives um and the images that he sent in a lot of it was um some great drone um, images of these fantastic looking coves um, certainly make me want to go and visit there so it's not all it's not all big you know big hitters if you like um, or or all the obvious sites um, there's definitely a variation I mean I guess the critics might say oh you didn't include so-and-so dive site or um, uh, but you know that they were they were the choices so uh, i think it, it worked well, well that's quite good though isn't it because you know uh some of the more famous ones have probably been been covered before mm. haven't they and it's good to feature ones which are not so in the public domain yeah absolutely and you know we will leave some of those other ones for perhaps uh uh, a volume two perhaps but there are so many to cover i mean maybe it should have been called 200 favorite uh, uh dives <laughs> just keep going and going with it it's it's, in, yeah. it's an incredible amount of um stuff to see and places to visit yeah well you can keep your vol volumes going now can't you it's just yeah like, exactly yeah. then do a box set for christmas and you can buy yeah. <laughs> yeah and i think because you know people just haven't got that opportunity to jump on a plane now or you know they don't want the hassle it's going to be perfect timing yeah. yeah and I, also i think it's great for um for the you know the uk diving industry because mm. i remember a few years when there were some some um some tough times on the south coast for sure um you know in the heyday sometimes you couldn't get on a boat during the weekend especially out of um out of dorset but they did they went through a few tough times so i think you know i hope i hope things have improved something good has come out of COVID if you like for those businesses yeah. because yeah. They, work, they work hard and um, it uh, yeah maybe there's some new blood coming through now as well that might 
mm. might be jumping on those boats. Well, it might be a bit of a reset as well. People will appreciate what we've got around our coastline and then decide that they're going to, you know, concentrate on that and, you know, get their dry suits on and Absolutely. You know, be brave and <laughs> jump in. And I, you know, I always say as well, and I've written this a few times, it, for me, it's not, it's not just about the diving in the UK. You know, sometimes the boat ride alone can be a reason to go, especially if you go to somewhere like Dirtledore on the, in the Jurassic, you know, the Jurassic Coast mm-hmm. in Corset. I mean, it's just incredible um, getting there by boat and then jumping off by the, the sort of foot of the arch at Dirtledore. And, you know, it's, not, it's an experience that um, the majority of people don't have, um, or Old Harry Rocks in, uh, near Swanage and... Um, um, or Lundy Island. I mean, we've included Lundy Island in the book. It's probably one of my favourite places anywhere in the world, actually. And it's yeah. just, you know, 20 odd nautical miles off the um, North Devon coast. It's an incredible place. Yeah, yeah no, it's really, in, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a great success. Yeah, definitely. Quite a few of our guests have uh, mentioned Lundy, haven't they? It's, it's yeah. their favourite destination to dive. Mm. Yeah, and you mentioned St Abbs, and we were there in September. Yeah, Where were you? Yeah. Ah, do you know what? I still haven't been. Um, it's covered in the book by uh, Elaine Whiteford, who's got some, she's a fabulous photographer and, and, and writer as well. And um, reading her sections um, makes me super eager to want to go. So <laughs> I can't wait to get there. Yeah, we went out on um, uh, St. Abbs Charters boat, and uh, really good. And the dives, like Cathedral Rock, is mm. literally just a few minutes out of the harbour. Mm. You know, the difference is when you go to like some, uh, when you go to the Fire Islands dive, it's quite it's probably about forty minutes ride out by boat mm. with some abs. They're literally on the doorstep. You, you're just a few minutes perfect in. You know, yeah. it's really good. Yeah, it's um, great. Cathedral Rock was good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know for quite a new diver, it was yeah quite inspiring and yeah. Yeah, visibility sure. was. Good. Yeah, I think it's quite reliable up there, the visibility, isn't it? So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, as I say, this, the photographs that I've um, seen working on this project have uh, certainly blown me away. So it's on the list. It's on the... The, the, the long the, list. Uh, the long <laughs> list, the growing list for next year. But um, yeah, who knows what will happen? I, I've got a few of these overseas trips to put back on the calendar if possible. But, you know, let's see what happens. We can't yeah. get too upset about these things, can we? There's no. Probably- You've got to be quite flexible and uh, yeah, just take it as it comes, really. So, so with your photography, what came first, scuba or photography? Um, probably photography. Um, it was something I was interested in at school, and I kind of sort of picked that up and put it down and picked it up and put it down. Um, but certainly, diving got me back into photography. But I, I made the mistake, which I think a lot of new divers make of trying to take a camera underwater too soon and i remember going to on my first liverboard in the to the similan islands just off the in, in the andaman sea off the coast of thailand and i bought this i wish i still had it actually because it would be um a relic now but <laughs> i bought this second hand sort of first generation digital camera off ebay which was pretty temperamental and took it underwater and was, you know, trying to kind of mess around with this camera. But, but really, I hadn't become a diver yet. So 
I um, I then put it, I left it in the cabin for the rest of the trip and just concentrated on looking around and my diving, my buoyancy, and my air consumption, which was terrible in the uh, in the early days. I was always the one on the foot on the surface after about 25 minutes because um, that's me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it gets better. <laughs> I, I, hope so. I was really bad at, in the beginning. Um, I guess the excitement, nerves, the rest of it, it's all a bit kind of new. But so then I put it down um, for a couple of years. And when I felt like I was ready, I then went out and bought um, a new camera, you know, just a kind of compact camera and put a wide angle lens on it and then got a strobe and sort of built it up and built it up and um just yeah now I couldn't really dive without one I'd, I'd really feel like I was missing something because I do like something to do underwater as well mm. I, I do like a project um but you know I certainly couldn't bear to dive without one now you all see the best photographs when you don't have a camera absolutely yeah yeah absolutely but I I, I upgraded a few um well, not that long ago, really, a couple of years ago to uh, DSLR. Um, so, and I bought all this stuff secondhand. In fact, all of my equipment secondhand, apart from the computer that I'm looking at now. Um, I've got a drone at secondhand, three cameras at secondhand. What drone have you got? It's um, a DJI Mavic Pro. All right, nice one. Yeah. Um, so, I, it took me a while to get to then to get to grips with the SLR, but. I've, I've, I think I've uh, figured it out now. <laughs> but the trick is, I think, with, um, with photography and diving, you shouldn't just be, you know, when you get out of the water, that shouldn't just be it. Um, I think to kind of get better, and especially if you want to use full manual controls, not just use auto, yeah. um, you need to be taking photographs on land as well, a lot, you know, just to get a feel for where the buttons are, a feel for shutter speeds and exposures, and um yeah i have my camera with me all the time um you know so that's that i think that's an important piece of advice yeah so just a little interval from this episode ian and i work hard to bring guests and content across our podcast platforms social media and our youtube channel the big scuba would you like to become involved Become a supporter, a sponsor, a Patreon of The Big Scuba. There are several levels of contribution, the smallest being just $2. If you'd like to become a patron of The Big Scuba podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash The Big Scuba podcast. There you will see the levels of support. You can be an octopus, a dolphin, an orca or a mighty blue whale. Just for the $2, you'll receive a shout out on our next episode. We look forward to welcoming you to the Big Scuba podcast community. Right, back to the episode. Are you self-reliant? Have you done the self-reliant course? Uh, yes, I did. Um, I did. I did it in, where did I do that? Um, Vobster, a few years oh, ago. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I did. I can't remember. I did sort of two courses, which were the same thing. One was a paddy one, which I guess is a self self reliant diver, is it? Yeah. And then there was a. I think it, it was another one we did called um, solo diver, maybe or something. It was an SSI yeah. kind of mm. qualification. So uh, yeah, it was good fun actually. I'd recommend yeah, the course. courses. Yeah. Even the, even just to, as a you know improve your own skills, uh, you know with a buddy, 
uh, uh, worth doing. Yeah, definitely. Exactly, and especially if your your buddy is a photographer and you're not, uh, then you are pretty much diving on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. So we've uh, used the um, Paralens cameras, and uh, they've been really easy to use. And mm-hmm. you can set them up as manual, but normally everything comes on automatically. You can have it set up and just have it side of your head and it videos and you can take photos if you want. Um, that's pretty Yes, neat. I've seen those. They're a good thing. They, they're quite good at, um, with the, uh, the white balance is quite good on those, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. They seem to have got it right. I haven't tried one myself, but what I've seen online, yeah, quite impressed with it. Yeah, not bad. I, I'm always I'm always behind everyone else when it comes to tech. Um, <laughs> you know, the cat um, uh, mirror. There's obviously mirrorless cameras that have come out now, so that, that's ma- that's made the body of the camera a lot smaller. Uh, and what with it, it comes to housing is a lot smaller. And then there's me uh, dragging around this sort of ten year ten year old Nikon D seven thousand with this enormous enormous um, housing. And I, I do look quite. Um, quite old-fashioned on the boat when there are other photographers around but you know as it does the job that's the main thing well this is it and i i believe that you know you can you can spend and spend and spend and it you know it doesn't mean you're going to take a good photograph um you know uh so it's um I, I i could do with probably newer equipment um you know some of the isos now can go up thousands and thousands um and you can shoot in really dark conditions and and really bring images to like to life like um you know wrecks in the baltic sea and things there's some fabulous photography um using very high isos now and my camera when you whack up the iso um it, it does become quite noisy and grainy the image but um so i probably could do with some some new tech, but um, you know, there's always there's always something that gets in the way, like a new boiler, for example, or yeah. uh, <laughs> life and that kind of thing. Yeah, or you need new tires on the van or something like that. Well, do you know what? Funny to say, I do need two new tires on this. I was looking the other day, so uh, yeah, there goes. So, um, what, have, what have you got there? Have you, is it your van and that's converted for your your trips on your kayak and your diving and everything else? It's a, it's a VW transporter, um, long wheelbase. I've had it about seven years, something like that. And, um, it's yeah, fully converted inside. Um, and we've taken it all over the, all over Europe diving, driven to Croatia in it. Um, a lot of paragliding trips. Um, yeah, everywhere. It's been round, round and round Europe. Um, it's, it's definitely my home from home. This is there's quite a few people doing that these days isn't there there Convert. are yeah it's become quite exactly. trendy yeah it's great for diving um i've taken it over to jersey and guernsey and done some diving there yeah um, yeah so it's um it's definitely the what's the diving like there there must be quite a bit of uh, world war ii uh stuff to look at there isn't there yeah, um, Guernsey uh, was good. I went with uh, on a diver magazine trip a few years ago, and we dived a wreck that they call the concrete wreck. Um, and it was just me and uh, my my friend on it. Uh, we got a, a fishing boat to take us out there, and uh, it was incredible. The visibility was incredible. Wow. Um, and then we did some sort of uh, close kind of reefs, you know, sort of rocky reef type dives. So. 
yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Jersey, we didn't really go at the right time and just got some shore dives in. But, you know, it was, it was pleasant enough and it's interesting to be in a different place. Yeah. Um, so we didn't quite get the best out of Jersey. But, um, yeah, I'd definitely go back because there's a lot more to see around those Channel Islands. Huge, yeah, huge tidal flows there, amazing. But one of my favourite places, I think, you know, it's at the top of many UK divers lists, is um, Porth Kerris uh in uh, yep. the south cornish coast yeah and it's, you know it's great for the van there because you can just park your van on the beach um and everything's there you know you turn your phone off um it's you um, know the guys at the dive center there i know i'm i'm, I'm buddies with uh, dave uh dave brown the skipper yeah in fact i have to say a, a big thanks to dave because he he gave me a lot of information for the um the new book um you know sort of slack times and um all sorts of skipper type information that i didn't have so so yeah he he's, and um uh joe and oh, i can't remember the other chap's name um there's darren there isn't there but uh, yeah good 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 crowd yeah yeah, we've spoken to uh, Georgina Miller at the city, the freediver as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it sounds a lovely place. Yeah, definitely, yeah, place to visit. Oh, you must you must get down there if you haven't been. It's, um, it's a, one of my favourite places anywhere, actually, to go down there. And, and, you know, you don't have to use, you go down, just don't, you don't need the car for the, let's say, you're down there for a week. And um, you can walk to the pub over the hill each night, <laughs> a couple of shandies it's uh fabulous yeah no, that sounds perfect and these are all the things that we yeah can concentrate on next summer when the weather's yeah. so so have you got any preference on types of diving like wrecks caves no it, it, everything's on the list um I, I i do quite like islands i have to say i've got a bit of a penchant for islands and the last trip I did overseas, uh, diving-wise, I was lucky enough to get to St. Helena in the South Atlantic. Yeah, heard of that. Uh, I'd, I'd, wa I'd, want, I'd wanted to go there for years, and um, I managed to persuade the um, kind people at the St. Helena Tourist Board um, that they should sponsor a trip for me out there, and in return I'll write some magazine articles. And um, I failed one year, and then the second year they came back and said, yes, when would you like to go? So uh, that was super exciting, um, but it's um, it's not an easy place to get to. Um, they didn't have an airport for ages, did they? Beth? No, they didn't. And you used to be able to only get there if you went on the Royal Mail ship from yeah. Southampton. I think it's Southampton. It was. It took like two weeks to get there or something, but which would have been great. So I, I the airport's been open about three years, and um, you fly to South Africa first, um, and then spend a night there, and then you get a smaller plane with about 15 people on it over to St Helena to the new runway which has been open about three or four years I think um, but it's a tricky place for a pilot to land because it's um, it's a category C runway which means you've got to have a specific license to fly there and you have to land the plane visually rather than using any um, you know uh, computer systems or anything and quite often um, the plane the plane would made the four-hour journey across the Atlantic. It will get to St Helena, and there'll be a couple of pesky clouds hanging over the um, <laughs> runway, and it has to turn back, and that's that. <laughs> so I was um, I was quite worried, but um, we obviously managed to land there. I say we, me, 
and um and spent a week um week diving and it, it's incredible and i was there in february which is in the middle of the whale shark aggregation that they have there um and um so um i was taken out to jump in the water with them just you know snorkel um, mask and snorkel and camera that was awesome it was actually the first time i seen a whale shark um they've always eluded me so it was uh yeah really exciting to be up up close to one of those um and then they've got some incredible wrecks um just off the island as well um visibility's brilliant um they, i was chatting to a guy in the pub uh, over there um who said and you know tall stories from the pub etc <laughs> he said oh yeah you want to come back in april mate um the uh, visibility is like a hundred meters so i was thinking oh, all right then um but he showed me these photographs so i have to say i believe him um, really yeah dave down the pub but uh, <laughs> you yeah. heard it here first dave down the pub exactly but um yeah it's a funny place um it reminded me of sort of going back to um sort of the 1980s um it was um you know they don't really have any um proper sort of internet there they've got satellite wi-fi which is very expensive so you don't see people just sat around in bars on the street gawping at their phones it's you mean they make conversation and yeah they have they have conversations and um right. read books and everything That's weird <laughs> i know so uh yeah fascinating place i was quite lucky to get there um and so oh yeah the original question uh, let's get back to that <laughs> um wreck i love um i do love wrecks i I went to the Baltic Sea last year on um, a sort of three-part trip sponsored by um, various people. It got a bit complicated in the end, but we went to Sweden, uh, Finland and Estonia uh, to dive some of these um, incredible intact wooden wrecks from, you know, the several hundred years old, these, these wrecks. I won't name a century because I'll probably get it wrong. I have to go back to <laughs> They're old, yeah. Yeah, so and so century. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah, seeing I've never seen you know such pristine, intact wooden wrecks from you know three hundred years. The water's ago. so cold, I suppose. It was really cold. Yeah, it was dark and cold. I think the water was about three degrees, um, and I was you know as usual turning up with sort of um, well my, my diving uh, gear isn't particularly old, but I everybody else had they're all kind of um baltic sea divers with dry glove systems and that kind of thing there was me with my sort of five millimeter neoprene wet gloves um i could hardly feel my hands afterwards it was pretty cold but fascinating and then um i quite like obscure places as well um when we were in estonia we went to this um this prison um it was a former soviet uh, labor camp which was closed only in 2012, actually. And um, it was a sort of typical labour camp environment where um, these poor, poor blokes were sort of made to just break rocks and dig holes and things. And over the years, it created this um, enormous quarry. It's only about 10 metres deep or so, but um, the water is, is crystal clear and quite warm. And then you can, you know, get inside the remains of the sort of buildings that formed part of the quarry working. And there's old, like, you know, tools lying around and um, the, the, the prison wall is half submerged. So you can sort of dive over the prison wall. It's 
totally weird place to be. But I recommend that. I, re- I recommend making a trip over there before the YouTubers get hold of it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you've certainly seen some yeah different places. It's amazing. Mm. Uh, so have you have you got any advice for new divers or non divers? Um, I would say to non divers, buy a copy of um, Wild and Temperate Seas. Uh, also to new divers as well. Um, uh, and then buy a copy for your friend. But <laughs> I say, what would my advice be? I, I certainly, a lot of people in the UK, they get into diving and they kind of snub UK diving a bit. Oh, you know, isn't it cold? Isn't it dark? Oh, what do you see down there? And all this kind of stuff. Um, I would... I think uh, a lot of effort though, don't it? It, it, it can be. Uh, you know, you start with quarries, go to some good ones, um, perhaps and just get out get out on a dive boat and you know if the visibility isn't great the first time round, then certainly uh you know keep going because you can expect as you will know you know great visibility off the uk i think there's a lot of um i think when someone's been on a on a liverboard that's quite easy to become um what's the phrase a champagne diver mm, i think so or yeah. I call them holiday divers yeah, I, I do. I, I can understand why, but you know, you are missing out so much what's already on your doorstep. And you know, this uh, this year has been a um, a great opportunity to highlight UK diving. Your Absolutely. book is highlighting UK diving. Absolutely, and there's stuff out there that people don't know. I mean, we've seen dolphins out on dives. Um, there's been quite a few sort of social media posts with people in Portland Harbour. Um, uh, with dolphins in the water mm. um there's blue sharks um we cover blue sharks in the book um there's some great blue blue shark trips happening certainly off the, the south coast possibly elsewhere um there's you know it's just rich in maritime history um and there's there's an awful lot to see you know not just the wrecks but also incredible you know walls absolutely covered with um brightly colored jewel and enemies uh, all, all, all this kind of stuff so it's um yeah i mean from i couldn't when i started diving just going diving on holiday wasn't enough i just wanted to dive all the time so um and also you know once you become an accomplished uh, temperate sea diver then when you do go back to your red sea liverboard and the such like then you'll notice that diving is you know probably a lot better than those that just go on couple of liverboards a year it yeah. does a lot of diving yes. and, and actually i have to I'll let you into a secret i um i i really love diving in a dry suit and in fact um i won't get out of my dry suit unless the water's above about 23 24 degrees um and uh, i i remember one year going away with some friends to the red sea with uh, your friends blue o2 and um taking my dry suit and when i so we were setting our gear up on the dive uh, deck my friends were all laughing at me oh what do you bring the right dry suit for and they were there in their five mil wetsuits and then about halfway through the week um the laughing subsided because <laughs> as you may know um when you get out of the water at that time of year in the red sea there's usually a bit of a stiff wind yeah and um after a sort of few days of taking off and putting on a wet wetsuit uh, in a stiff wind um, putting on and taking off a dry suit with just t-shirt and shorts underneath seems a bit more appealing. So <laughs> that's probably some good advice as well. 
So what sort of dry suit do you have? Uh, well, I'm very fortunate to be um, uh, a an O3 uh, brand ambassador. Yeah. So, uh, I wear um, one of their suits. I think it's the MSF something or other 100 or I'll probably get Sean now telling me off for getting that wrong. But it's very <laughs> good, Sean. It's very good. So I, I've all my gears um, O3, um, the wetsuits and uh, the dry suit and hoods and gloves. And then I, I've got a... Um, quite an old looking uh hollis wing that was once um blue and black and now is sort of sort of light blue and brown uh, <laughs> but it's comfortable yeah. and i i love it so um I i've got an o3 suit as well uh r100 very nice i, I think i might have the same one uh <laughs> but yeah they're great those guys and um it's good to be involved with them they really look after me with gear and uh so yeah, it was. It's, it's, it was. Who tried out. their new gloves? Um, what? These, what? What are they again? A three season. Got like square tips. No, I haven't. But um, I will be getting onto them and asking for a pair. Yeah, they're <laughs> preformed uh, fingers, and yeah, they're really comfy. Oh, that's interesting because um, I I always like diving. Um, with quite thin gloves so where possible i just wear three millimeter gloves because i like the dexterity yeah the camera um i can't really bear putting my hand in anything um thicker than that um maybe i should get dry gloves but yeah i'll have to get onto them and test a pair of these out yeah they gave a recommendation so jeremy didn't know i was going to do this but i've got some here <laughs> and uh very good gloves i have to say I've, there you go I've, i was using um five mil gloves and i thought oh, i'm not sure if i want to go down to three because i really like my uh old five mil uh gloves uh but these very good i have to say so far and they light up as well they light up they light up how can they, glow? <laughs> they wow. glow in the dark what more do you want from gloves incredible well i definitely need to try those in which case so um yeah, there you go you heard it from ian O three new O three gloves yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. So when did you last die? Um, it was actually the St. Helena trip in February. Mm. Yeah. So wow. It feels like a long time ago now, hence dashing back to get my equipment and get in the water again, if it hasn't all just disintegrated in the bags. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, maybe some Spanish stuff coming up soon. Um, I'm quite um, friendly with some of the... Um, Spanish tourist boards they've they've looked after me over the years and sort of got me to do you know got me to some nice places and um, in return for you know content and photography and writing and things and and actually that's another thing people forget about is you know it, it's not all about the Red Sea there's some real hidden gems for want of better um, uh, expression um, you know in, in the Med uh, and um, there's one particular place called the Columbretes Islands which is about a three-hour boat ride out of um, the region of Valencia. And it's a protected marine reserve, but genuinely protected, unlike some that claim to be, and they're not. But mm -hmm. this, is, um, this is incredible. And it's sort of, when you visit that, it, you, you, you get a reminder of what the Mediterranean perhaps once did look like before it kind of got ravaged by commercial fishing. But so, yeah, it shouldn't be overlooked, the Mediterranean, as long as you choose the right places. And there are some genuinely good ones, uh, you know, closer to home as well, better for the carbon footprint and all that.
yeah we've got to think about all these things yeah mm. so what is your what's on your bucket list for a dive location or wish list um well i think it's um i was lucky enough last year um to go on a um sort of 12 day uh, 900 nautical mile kind of expedition i suppose through um the banda sea in indonesia and um i i feel like you know we we're there on the boat for 12 12 days but and saw some incredible stuff um but i feel that there's a lot more to see so i'm really keen to get back to indonesia um and uh and and do more of that i think we went with dive dam i which is a fabulous liverboard company so uh yeah i want to get back involved with them i think <laughs> yeah and is that to see kind of the the marine life or i've i've they're, they're, i've never seen so many fish in all my life underwater i mean there was, uh, there, was there were times where there was almost too many fish um it was incredible great big bait balls of anchovy and um mobularay diving in to take take you know to snack on them and uh, giant trevally and um, uh, manta rays and the corals just incredible it was pristine it was just uh, what an ocean should look like really yeah yeah yeah, yeah i don't think we've had an answer like that before no, no. Yeah. so talking of marine life have you got a favorite marine animal or fish uh i do like the humpback white humpback whale i've got a um an illustration of one framed um, back home in my my house in Brighton. So yeah, the, the humpback whale. Never seen one in the wild, but that's up there on my wish list. So that must be awesome to see. Uh, must be, mustn't it? And hear them as well. The noise they make. I mean, wow. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it'd be awesome. And um, have you got your best ever dive site? What would be your best ever dive site? Well, do you know I've been asked this question a few times before and i i my usual reply is um no i don't really have favorites because i do like variation but again going back to the band of sea uh, and through the forgotten islands i've never seen anything like it so i probably have to re uh reevaluate that answer and um say yes that's probably my uh, my favorite area not not particularly one site but certainly to, to date my favorite area the band of sea yeah yeah, that's good. So if you could take three people underwater, either diving, snorkeling or in a submersible, they could be past, present, family, don't need to be divers, who would you take? Um, that is a good question. Uh, it would probably be, be family, I think, um, because, you know, although they've seen photographs and video of, you know, things that I've, uh, places I've been, um, they haven't really seen it for themselves so yeah i think i'd take take some family on a on a submersible trip around the forgotten islands in indonesia <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's good yeah and do you have a favorite uh piece of dive kit oh well it's definitely my o3 drive suit uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah it probably is actually um and my certainly if if we can include my camera in that then it would have to be that as well but um yeah certainly very happy with my dry suit and as i said earlier i i rarely get out of it unless the water is uh is warm but when it is you know tropical then i don't want to be in a wetsuit at all it's just shorts and a rash vest um yeah. in, less is more really i don't want to be dripping with stuff so yeah yeah great 
Yeah. So after you've been for a dive, do you have a post meal, a favourite post meal? Is it a curry or? Um, it's probably beer, actually. <laughs> <laughs> liquid lunch or a liquid yeah, meal. Yeah, <laughs> I start off with one of those. Start off with one of those and then um, see where we lead. I mean, it depends where I am, but um, I do love liverboard food. Um, I do like those buffets on the Blue O2 liverboard. Um, I do. And I also like, um, yeah, I just say generally liverboard food. And also you just, it suits me perfectly because I'm not a big fan of cooking. And then to get out from having a dive and then just be walk into the salon and it's all just there for you is just... That is just perfect for me. That's why a lot of people like a liverboard. They do. It's true. Yeah. And um, so if you could, if you had a billboard and you could put a, something on there, a message, a photo, a picture, an image, um, a question or a statement, whatever you like on that billboard to get a message out to all the millions of people out there, what would you put on it? Uh, well, probably the, um, uh, probably, I've, I guess I've got two answers, maybe um, in no particular order. One would be wild and, wild and temperate seas out 25th of November by now. Um, or the perhaps a more serious answer would be um, certainly something in, in, along the lines of ocean conservation, because without doubt, in my sort of 20 years of um, underwater exploration, um, I have genuine, genuinely seen a growing, the, the growing plastic problem in our oceans. I mean, we saw it um, in Indonesia when we were, you know, miles and miles from any, in, um, sorry, miles and miles from any inhabited islands and we found plastic. So I think trying to get that message to people um, would be a, an important one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a common theme and it just needs to be, yeah, out there. Mm. so much it's difficult to convince people because i think almost um you know we've been saturated with those kind of posts on social media about um plastic filled beaches and oceans um it's easy to sort of flick past these things now but i mean i remember going to mexico on a diving trip um we did lucky enough to do some cave diving there and then went over to cozumel and did some diving uh from a boat but we went over to the um the west um sorry the east side of the island which was exposed to much of the wind um from the sea and it was absolutely full of plastic the beach i mean i've never seen anything like that so maybe uh, a, a picture of that should go on a billboard and yeah. nothing else just that picture uh, yeah i think it's the impact it makes obviously maybe we don't see the true impact in the uk but when you see these islands of pure plastic it's mm. um, and it lasts you know it, it doesn't fade um Gemma knows this um but through my work my day-to-day work i found crisp packets which are 20 years old mm, i can believe it and they're well. still in they're still together they're still intact not breaking yeah. down at all no. 20 years old yeah i can believe it no it's quite but you know we can if even a small change if we can just do something all individually it, it just goes to the bigger cause doesn't it and for sure. I mean, just changing what we consume, really, and how we consume, being a bit more mindful, mm. you know, not not buying ready ready made, you know, sliced pieces of fruit in plastic cartons. You know, it's it's easy. We can avoid it. It is easy. I never work. I never understand that. Why is it you buy 
why is it you get cucumbers and they're all covered in plastic? And you think, well, what's that about? I know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, yeah, stuff like that's got to change. Yeah, um, you know, we, we are making an effort, but it's just, yeah, making a bigger effort. Mm, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So have you got any questions for us? Um, well, yeah, certainly um, when I visit um, uh, Norfolk next and the weather's on our side, um, please, can I come diving with you? Absolutely. <laughs> You're really good. Yeah, I think yeah. we've got a couple of wrecks up in North Norfolk. There's one at Clay, isn't there, or Clark? Yeah, it's quite a few off this coast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, well, we'll go and do that and then um, maybe we'll make another podcast about it. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. take take the photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, that'd be fun. Yeah. So, if people want to find out more about you, and obviously the book included, where are they best to go to? Um, well, a couple of places. You could go to my website, which documents a lot of stuff. Um, also, other than diving, you know, paragliding and climbing and things like that, which is uh, willappleyard.com. Or you can go to Instagram. I post from time to time on there, which is just simply at Will Appleyard. Yeah. And your new book comes out? 25th of November. Uh, it's already on Amazon, actually, as a pre-order. So yeah. you can um, you can pre-order it there now. Um, but, um, yeah, that's I guess you could just um, Google it, if you like. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's out by Dived Up Publications, and it's definitely on Amazon now for pre-order about 18 pounds i think isn't it it is yes worth every single pound yeah. <laughs> no thank you for having me it's been brilliant yeah i'm alone in this country house for the next 10 days so it's good to talk to people <laughs> <laughs> great well, i'm gonna go and um, quench my thirst i think with another beer in that bar yeah it must be getting a beer at top time wasn't it <laughs> yeah well lovely uh, lovely to talk to you and thank you very much for having me on oh you're That's very awesome. welcome so yeah yeah all right all right yeah, have a lovely good. evening Cheers, you too. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> We're back. So, Jen, what do you think to that? It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it is. And I'm really looking forward to reading the book um, page to page. Yeah. I'll look forward to reading the pictures. <laughs> you can just flick through. And... I will. I can read. <laughs> you can read. I will get, it, but it's a brilliant manual. I'll use it as a manual, so uh, that'd be really good. Yeah, I think the pictures are amazing. The M2 is on my list. I know that, and Scabber at some stage. That'd be definitely uh, be good. Yeah. Well, Lundy, and uh, in fact, just dive and generally a bit more around the country be, is on my list. Well, there are 50 in that book, so we'll work our way around the coastline. Good idea, Jim. I like it. Very good. Uh, so, that was Will and uh, talking about his book. There will be notes in the show notes to look at ways to go buy the, the actual book. There will and back to Will's website as well. And there's a, a link on Will's website again for the book. Yeah, yeah. So uh, don't delay order. It's out tomorrow on the 25th. So yeah. Uh, yeah. there we go. Yeah, and once you've had a look at it, let us know what you think. Yeah, please do. Comment, feedback, we love it so uh, do that um right so that's that Jen, just talk us through anyone 
you know, if anyone's thinking about maybe buying a drone or um, yes, just do a few adverts. We've got a few little adverts and deals going on. So looking through the book, if you fancy taking some underwater pictures and you're a bit inspired, we've got links to the Paralens website. So you can order your Paralens camera or the new Vaquita. Vaquita, yeah. So the links are in the podcast notes. Uh, what else we've we got? We've got drones. So DJI, they have given us a couple of drones that are slightly discounted for you. So if you follow the links, you can order your drone. 5% Jen, 5% you can say. How about that? Yeah, because they're not cheap, are they? So Makes it even worth listening to us now. In fact, I might even listen. <laughs> I listen to the Big Scoop podcast because I get discounts. <laughs> exactly. We pay, we pay people to listen. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the discounts keep coming. We've also got Stream to see all their products. You can yep. get a discount code and you get 10% off your order. The wave makers, aren't we? We are wave makers, yeah. Wave makers. Yeah. Right. So that's for all products. We're not talking about what we do in the bath. <laughs> you can do what you like in the bath. <laughs> that's a whole different kind of wave making. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Bubble making. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. So it's strange to see all their products are completely water friendly, so they won't do any harm to the environment or the life in the room. Um, like that. Yeah. So, so have a look, have a look at all their products and uh, yeah, place your order. I use their shampoo all the time, as you can tell. My hair is silky smooth. Silky smooth and shiny. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So, and also we've got a new addition. We have. What's that, Jim? electric bike and eco we have yeah okay. i went down the post office yesterday on it and that goes like a dream i know put a smile on your face too it do whizzing around bungie i was <laughs> yeah so you just need to uh, drop us a direct message or an email ask us and we'll send you details of how much it is and they are yeah and and if they listen to us and are interested in these power assisted bikes and they are they are brilliant i have to say um and i i'm not just saying that you know i'm a converted man you you go uphill and you you know they're like a dream you, you just do half the pedaling you know they're brilliant and uh but we again can save you money if you are interested yeah 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 and it's quite a substantial amount of money so a uh, great christmas a lot of money yeah, yeah. Especially with Black Friday coming up, just yeah. on this coming Friday, 27th, I do believe. Yep, I think keep an eye out on our social media for what discount is available for that particular day. Yeah, that is. And it's a very well made bike. Um, you can see the work has gone into it, a uh, lot of thought gone into it. You can see the, the actual design and it works. It does what it says, you know, it, as soon as you start to pedal, whoosh, you get that whoosh. It's a bit like the ET bike, isn't it? That's what Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you could. <laughs> no, it's got a range of 35 miles and top speed of about 17 miles an hour. So yes, great. it goes well. It does go well. Yeah. So, yeah. So keep an eye out for that. And then I think, obviously, look out for the YouTube channel as well. The Big Scuba. Hit the old button there and ring the bell. Ring the bell, yep. There's lots of stuff coming out. We've got product reviews. Yep, yep, got some of them. Yeah. I think they went to plan, didn't they? The product reviews. Yes, we yeah, absolutely to plan. <laughs> <laughs> they always do. Anything we do always goes to plan. 
our kind of plan, not anybody yeah. else's plan. <laughs> no. So, uh, so that's the adverts. It, so, uh, right, what we need to just then head up is what's coming next, Jen? We have episode 45, which is an episode dedicated to the book Wild and Temperate Seas by Will Appleyard. And we have extracts from the people that have contributed to the book to tell us about yeah. what they've done and yeah, who they are, basically. Yeah, it, it is the Wild and Tempered Sea edition episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's really nice hearing about the people that have contributed, um, what they do for a job and how they've yeah, sort of got into their diet. Yeah. Yeah, some of the, you know they are big divers and photographers, uh, explorers. So uh, you know, it'd be good to hear snippets from them. Wouldn't it? Exactly, I'm passionate about the UK dive scene. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the UK dive site scene, even. So yeah, uh, join in for episode forty-five. Yep. So that'll be out very shortly. Right. Well, that's it for us. We will see you on the next one. Yes. On the episode forty-five. <laughs> right. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye.